What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Under the Hood with John the Hood Podcast. I'm Jay Hood with my crazy cousin, Cousin Wiley. We're here every week to give you the best in sports, sports-ish. Um, there's some sports, but there's some sports-ish. If you are checking out our podcast, thanks so much. Make sure you download our podcast. Look for Under the Hood with John the Hood. Also, subscribe to the YouTube as well. Like, share, and subscribe what you see with the Under the Hood content. We appreciate it. We're really making a run in 2024 to get more people under the tent, or, or in this case, more people under the hood. Under so the thank hood, you yes. for, for checking it out. Cuzzo, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How you feeling, Cuzzo? I'm good. I'm good. Um, there's just a lot going on. Uh, it is. Even though the NFL playoffs are taking place and the Bears are not in it, this offseason, um, we say this all the time, but for sure, this is a huge offseason for the Chicago Bears. This will tell a story the next five to seven years. Um, we want you to know, by the way, as we get into this, that we have merchandise is available for Under the Hood with uh, Jonathan Hood. Cuzzo, if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, he, we have the Under the Hood hoodie that's available now. Uh, that's uh, the, the link is in the bio of this podcast. Very nice. Carolina Carolina Blue is the, is the best. And then, ah, yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. The under yeah. the t-shirt smelling like yes. a little wrinkled. So definitely the woman of the night has uh, stopped by over the weekend. I can smell it. Uh, it smells yes. like Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> so that smells like cheap perfume. So yeah, so get your under the hood with the switch out the hood t-shirt that's available now. And also we have other merchandise as well. Yes. Once you uh after the t-shirt, you may need a little little water. A little uh -huh. something to, uh, you know, help you rejuvenate from a from a, a night of t-shirt wearing. And here is the under the hood water bottle. Uh huh. So and then, obviously, uh, with this below zero weather we've had, you know, a lot of people have to be at home with their with their kids and uh, or work from home. Get you a under the hood tumbler. Yes. Below. A little vodka, a little whiskey, whatever your favorite beverage is, put a little bit in here and it makes things a lot easier. Trust me. Um, I've had to uh, fill my cup with a, with a little bit uh, over the holiday season as well. So get yourself a under the hood tumble. Uh, make sure you leave your comments, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitch, we'll read your comments uh, moving forward throughout the show. And yeah, that uh, the merchandise that we have is available now. The link will be in the bio of this podcast. And if you just need some warm thoughts, there you go. Uh, a little, uh, a little San Diego for you right there. Sometimes no ice, no, no ice. No, no, just no ice. Warm. See that just yeah. a little something just to warm yeah. the viewer. See that, you know, it that, helps. that is, that is the, the Marina in San Diego. That is 82 degrees. Uh, that's where Peacock and I were. And, uh, I, it's, you know, sometimes you just have to go through those videos and those pictures just to stay warm when it's minus 10 in Chicago. Restaurant quality. See that? <laughs> so yes. You got <laughs> to have that just in case, you know? And, and then you have better times where you think, well, I can't wait for it to get warm so we can go be outside and kick it and just be and just be bananas. <laughs> just like That's it. <laughs> right there. <laughs> and that will be coming soon. <laughs> so... That's all part of it as well. So, uh, yeah, I just want to get some warm thoughts. Let me just ask you this before we get underway. How come, why is it 
that kids just don't want to make money anymore. I mean, listen, we haven't had like a blizzard. It's not like Buffalo with the major snow and all the stuff that's happening to my friends in the Northeast. But the idea, man, you know, like I know, like our family knows, there was a time, man, when it, you had a bad snow, you get that shovel, you get that scraper, and you know what kind of money you would make at the end of the day? The idea yes. that that just doesn't happen anymore. You I, Listen, maybe your neighborhood it does, but here in, in South Shore, it does not happen. That No one's coming by with a shovel saying, can I do your walk? What happened to the to the, the gregarious kid that would walk the streets to be able to make money taking care of people's homes? I'm, I'm still a South Sider just like you are, yeah. and I'm still wondering why. I'm still wondering why I'm not seeing the same thing. About maybe five, ten years ago, I was I was still having people come up to my door, saying, uh, uh, "Sir, can I can I shovel your, your sidewalk? Can I shovel this? Can I shovel that? Um, can I cut your grass? You know, uh -huh. can I can I do something to make some money?" And I would I would pass out a few dollars. Those kids got older, and no new kids have replaced them. So I'm asking, I'm wondering the same thing. No one. No one cares about the, the the snow, the grass, the leaves, anything at all. Like that was a great time to make money, and you could always count on, especially the seniors. The seniors would always be willing to give you a little extra because they knew you're out there doing the right thing, um, trying to make an honest living. But now, no, not at all. No one shows up. No one asks. Like even if it, even if there were a dusting, like we we've seen over the, the past week or so. You'd yeah. have kids at your door. Uh, sir, I know it's like a, a quarter of an inch of snow outside, but you want me to get that up for you right there? And, right. and, it, and here's the thing. You may say no, but even if you say no, there's a chance you may give the kid five, $10 just for stopping by. I'll take that chance. You're going to make some money. I don't know. I, I think maybe now, nowadays kids, uh, they're spoiled by, you know, by their parents or someone has told them that you know, doing actual work is beneath them. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean, and, but I mean, just I know the way that we grew up because we grew up, you know, with a similar background, the same background. As a matter of fact, man, it wasn't like that. It, the allowance was fifty bucks, like it might be, or twenty five bucks, or even more, and being on a gift card. However, it's done today, right. I didn't know that you had to make your own money because it was tax free. And you can never, you, I wasn't sharing with uh, man Bob and saying, hey, you know how much I made today? Two, you know, 150 bucks. I wasn't going to right. give half. That's my money, right? Like, right. They just, because they would encourage the hustle. That's the yes. thing. Like, they would encourage, I was like, gone out there. Yes, I know it's my, I know it's their shovel, but it's my hustle. And yes. I'm up and down the streets in the South Side trying to be able to make ends meet, trying to make money. And I would make money. And I just don't understand how that's not a thing anymore. Not even old people do it anymore. But no. in, this, in this economy, the checks are so good that why should I work? Never mind about those help wanted signs. Why should I work? The check's pretty good. It must be good because you're, you're right. Like allowance was was hit or miss for me when I was a kid. You know, that was usually based on what I did to uh, to earn it. And it, it never was it was never fit the actual chore. You know, yep. so it, it was pennies on a dollar. Uh, <laughs> so 
literally so went outside pennies on the dollar. Yeah. yeah yes, literally pennies. <laughs> so I mean, you did. You went outside the home to to make money, and that money helped sustain you because you know we we had parents who uh, who were who, who were not going to spend a lot of money on unnecessary things. So you're going to get always get the things you need, the things you want were pretty much hit or miss. You may get those here and there, but if you wanted a lot of shit, you had to you had to go earn it. And being able to, you know, like you say, take your parents' shovel or their rake or whatever else and, and go earn some money, it was quick. It was quick. Especially in Chicago, though you you rarely ran across a big yard. So you the work you had to do was was usually minimal. True. So yeah. That that's true. Unless they had a long driveway. Yes, yes. Yes. That's also but, an issue. But even then, you got a little extra. You got a little extra. You know, especially when the women were around, all you have to do is smile a little bit and say, "Yes, ma'am." You know, women love the smile. So when you're a kid, you can get it. You, you can you can get away with murder with a smile as a kid. Like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. It's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Did you, did you just say women love to smile? Is that what you said as a kid? Yes. Is that what it was. Yes. A kid who smiles at a woman can. Pretty much get whatever they want, so oh, and that that still rings true today. So if, if, if a child smiles at a woman, a she minute. will probably do whatever he says. Oh, you say what? Give you all my money? Okay, baby, here you go. Okay, it's just it's just all my money. All right, you turned your childhood into a lifetime special. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, all of a sudden we're on Oprah. I don't know what happened. Wait just a second. Uh, you know, uh, you know how that worked, hood. You know, okay. you know, as as a kid, all you had to do was just was smile and say the right thing. Oh, okay. And that's all. That, that's all. And, and you got you got what you you got what you wanted. You just had yeah. to yes, now. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about shoveling snow anymore. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, I think that's what we're talking about anymore. I think oh. all of now this has become a a creepy so, lifetime wait, wait, special against the wait, NFL. Wait. What happened there? We're not in Alabama right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I don't think Dr. King's dream was for you to be getting in with uh, the older woman. Uh, hey. The, I don't think that was his hey. dream. Hey, Dr. King, uh, you know, he, uh, he he had a little little fun as well on the side. Okay, let's not. What are we doing here? What are we doing to King? What are you doing? All right, let's move on before they can't take us off the air. Uh, even YouTube would think that's too far. Uh, so nonetheless, we move on and talk about the Chicago Bears. Here's an angle for you before we talk about the quarterback situation. So as we record this here live at 648 Central Time, we saw that the Pittsburgh Steelers, somehow, some way, Brother Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, found a way to be over 500 and get into the playoffs again. It is a miracle. The, what that team was, all the quarterbacks they've gone through, all the tumultuous nature that they've gone through as a football team, they somehow got to the playoffs. I knew they couldn't get past the Bills. They're on the road, tough spot, had to move the game uh, to a different day, and they fell short against a, a good resurgent Buffalo team. But here's something for you. So we've been seeing, as of late, Mike Tomlin having to make a decision at the end of now, the end of the season for the Steelers and whether or not he's going to come back to the Steelers. Uh, which is interesting because, you know, for me, I've been saying all along, leave Mike Tomlin alone. The, his, his, the previous coaches were in the, in the job for 25, 30 years. Why should he be expendable unless he wants to leave? 
So right. I'll, I'm going to lob this grenade in before anyone else does. Now that Mike Tomlin is and the Steelers are have been eliminated from the playoffs by Buffalo, it makes me wonder if the Bears fall short of their goals, and I would imagine their goals to make the playoffs. If if they were to fall short, would Iberflus be done? Because he's got a four-year deal. This will be year three or four of the deal. And I look, I did not want Matt Iberflus to come back. I thought that this was the time when there's a Belichick, there's a Vrabel, could be a Mike Tomlin, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you think the quarterback class is rich, Cuzzo. What about the coaching class that's available? Haven't seen free agency and coaching like this in a long time. Big names. I'm just wondering with Iberflus coming back, if the if, if they fall short, could the Bears consider Mike Tomlin if that's what he wants to do? I think he would have to. If Iberflus falls short and he doesn't make the playoffs, the defense takes a step back. Maybe the offense is, is better this year because they have better coaching and better players. But I, I think you would have to look at a guy like Tomlin because of his resume. I mean, you can say whatever you want about the Steelers organization. I think it's the, to me, I think it's the best organization in, in football, maybe in sports because of like that level of consistency. You don't see like we've had what, like five coaches in the past 10 years, they've had three in the past 60. Yes. Like, that's, that's unheard of. So I think you'd have to look at a guy like that because what you what you can count on with Tomlin as your coach, you can count on the proper structure. Uh, you probably can pencil in nine wins for your organization because he hasn't had a losing season yet. And I think that level of accountability is, is needed in a lot of places. So if the Bears come up short, it's probably because even Flues came up short as – as a leader, not because of talent, but likely be because of him as a leader came up short. So I think if that happens and Poles and Warren decide they want to move on and Tomlin is a free agent, I don't think I don't see how you wouldn't take a look at him and say, hey, you know, what you want to come over here and uh and write this ship, you know, and help us get to where we want to get to. So I think you have to take a look at that strongly. I, I, I believe that as well, because look. There's, there's one of the two things that has to happen. The Bears cannot pass up on this quarterback class twice, Cuzzo. If you want to pass up on the head coaches, you want to do that, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, when's the next time you're going to get a Pete Carroll, a Mike Brabel, a Bill Belichick, a Jim Harbaugh, and some of the other younger coaches, uh, a Dan Quinn, who now is available, yeah. who, uh, once again, the Cowboys did what they usually do, uh, piss it down their leg, shit themselves, and go home. Yes. That's what they usually do in the playoffs. So because of that, there's another candidate, Dan Quinn, who I would love to have as Bears coach. I mean, he knows both sides of the football, even though his heart is a defensive uh, coordinator. I'm telling you is that, okay, so if the Bears swing and miss and they don't go for a head coach this offseason, next one, top of the list would be Mike Tomlin uh, for me. So it would be Mike Tomlin, Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren in uh, in power with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. All I know is that Tomlin just wins. That's all I know. I know there's some Tomlin fatigue in Pittsburgh because the Steelers are entitled and feel like, hey, they should be always in the championship picture. But the thing that they don't take it into account is, man, life after Roethlisberger is tough. To it is. Quarterback, I mean, for any team, like you, you that quarterback position has been stabilized in Pittsburgh for a while with Roethlisberger. He retires. 
Kenny Pickett, no. Mitch Trubisky, no. It's tough to try to replace one who played at a high level like Roethlisberger. And then, I mean, just thinking of this year, you had a Christmas miracle with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer coming out, you know, third-string quarterback coming out winning the last three games to get them into the, the playoffs. And no one expected that. No one expected uh, Mason Rudolph to, you know, his nose to guide the the Steelers to the playoffs this year, but he pulled it off. And that's Tomlin having his finger on the pulse of his team and recognizing, like, hey, you know what, Kenny Pickett, I can't replace you because we don't have uh, an adequate uh, replacement for you, but we want to stick with the hot end. Mason Rudolph has, has been playing well. He's gotten us to uh, to the to this point we have a chance for the playoffs. We're going to ride the hot end, and he rewarded them. Like, even today – they lost, but a lot of that was it was drop ball by um some fumbles, drop yeah. ball. There was right. a bad right. interception. Right. Yeah. Right. Tight end. Yeah. Yeah. And you got uh Pickens, you know, he he is he is a poor man's uh Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. All the talent in the world, but just a head case. Just a head case. But yeah, Tomlin has his has his thing on the pulse of his teams, and that usually Leads to some level of success, success that we haven't seen in Chicago since Papa Bear Hallows was uh, roaming the sidelines, and that's been you know pretty much about fifty years. So, so how about again a little warm thoughts just for those that's uh, just a little something. I know it's cold everywhere, but there you go, right there for you. Just a little little California sun, some water. Ah. Just a little bit, just to give you a little something, just a, a warm thought just for a moment. All right, let's talk about this guy right here, Cuzzo. This guy. Yes. Caleb, right? Yes. Caleb. Now, um, so it, today on Monday the 15th, what a great day because Caleb Williams, uh, he is declaring for the NFL draft, and we knew that was going to happen. And so here we go with Caleb Williams. He's declaring for the draft. There's been so many things that's written about him negatively. My hope is, is that all the stuff's been written that he can stuff, stick it up everyone's ass. Because already it's like all oh, the entitlement, all the money that he makes, blah, blah, blah. You know, how he wants to have ownership, all this stuff. Whatever. I'm, I, the Most of the stuff that's written about him is untrue. Uh, I do have a connection to people that cover that team, not inside the program, but like cover the team. And they said, you know, a really good guy, uh, Caleb Williams. And then people look at the, the the games that he played and say, oh, I mean, look at all the losing. How come they weren't a better football team? Well, this is this is what happens, Cuzzo. As you well know, I'm a huge college football fan. I live for Saturdays. If Sundays didn't exist, I would live for Saturdays because I love my college football because it prepares me for this time now to be able right. to tell people all the games I saw with USC. And a lot of them were ugly because – of how poor that defense was. But I didn't on Caleb Williams. He did the job more times than not. But people are looking for perfection. They think number one draft pick, he's supposed to be the, the very best. Well, you know what? Maybe he will be on the NFL level. But with that USC team, he put up numbers, incredible numbers for USC, for a team that couldn't get out of their own way defensively. What I'm telling you is, is that if it's not the Bears, it's going to be some team that he'll make a difference for. And if, if it's for the Bears – we in Chicago don't know what a good quarterback looks like, but yet someone's going to call Cap and Jay Hood, the morning show I do every morning, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000, and you can download the ESPN Chicago app to hear us every morning. You know, people are going to tell me, well, I, I saw him in another game, game and boy, he wasn't very good. 
So you see one game and you're going to tell me that the guy sucks, that, you know, like, like he's in the mud. I'm not listening to that. If you watch the games with just one Google search, it's amazing, Wiley, in, in 2024, where there is a load of information, we become so ignorant. Even though, it's again, the information is right in front of you. Nah, I saw the one game. I wasn't impressed. Seriously? The guy can play the quarterback position. Now who's going to coach him? And who's going? And who are his, his weapons? That matters to any team that Caleb Williams is going to be on. No, I, I agree. I, I think, I think if we if there wasn't, I mean, if there wasn't a, a Justin Fields coat in Chicago and maybe probably around the country to a certain extent, you would hear the same things because I hear so many fans hold Caleb Williams to a standard that they don't hold Justin Fields to as a pro. So they look and they say, well, he's holding the ball too long. He did this. He did that. He didn't play well. Against uh against Notre Dame, yeah. like you said, it wasn't the only game he played. Or oh, his his teams don't do well against top twenty five opponents. That's because he doesn't have a great team, you know. So you look at all those things, but then they also forget the best quarterback in the NFL right now also didn't have a lot of success against um, quality opponents in college. And no one would say Patrick Mahomes, you know, isn't a stud. So you have to look at the talent, look at his talent, look at the talent around him and say, did he maximize his potential? Did he maximize the talent on his roster? And I don't think you can look at what Caleb Williams has done over the past couple of years, or even what he did with Oklahoma, you know, for a little bit and say, this kid doesn't have the the, uh, the pedigree to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. So you look, and the only question marks you have is him being a diva or him making demands that you know are somewhat unique but i think this is this is a different era of sports like you have a guy like lebron uh one of the greatest players of all time he's called the shots in every organization he's pretty much been in so this isn't your your granddad's uh sports leagues this is a new era of sports where you have athletes that are empowered and they want to have a say in different things. And I'm okay with you having a say. But obviously, you know, the, the owner and the other league has a chance to say no as well. So you sure. can ask whatever you want to ask for. And that's all you're hearing is him making making requests. And I have no issue with someone making requests because you have that right as as professional, you know, to ask for whatever you want in your contract, to ask for whatever you want from your team. But that doesn't take away from your play on, on the field. So as long as he's playing at a high level, I don't care if he has, you know, um, Mama Bear, if he can sleep in her bed at night, you know, as long as he's playing well. So Wait a minute. You know, what, what, I'm, I'm well, fine with Mama that. Bear? You don't mean Virginia. That's the yeah. Well, I, I didn't say I didn't say that. What I say he can sleep in her bed. You know, I didn't say taste some porridge. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it would be, I think, at this point. I mean, that wouldn't taste good at all. Like, you had to get that with a tablespoon, I think, at this point. Right. <laughs> Thick oatmeal? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. But, yeah, I have I have no issue. I think when it comes to the top two guys on the board, yeah. the Caleb Williams and Drake May, I don't think the Bears can go wrong with picking either one. And I think if they pick either one, um, we're going to finally have the quarterback we haven't had and since Sid Luckman. Since, since great number 42, the first franchise quarterback in the NFL, we won't have 
we'll finally break that curse. I'll finally buy my last jersey hood. Yeah, I, I would like for a decade. I think it would be really dope for you to get yourself a, a Luckman jersey and walk around the South Side and see how that works. Oh, I will. I will. You, Stay tuned. If anybody, Stay tuned. yeah, if anybody who's going to be doing it, it'd be you, Luckman. Yes. You know what? Actually, you in your circles, I think that works. You know, you, yeah. you're known. <laughs> You're known to have your bare ass out of a window in Evanston. That that would that would work. That would definitely work. Oh my God, I like this kid, hun. He's got a walkman. I think that would work for you. Actually, in your circles, cousin Wiley, it actually works for you. I know you'd have it at the back in back of the car just in case, depending on what neighborhood you're going to. You know, Bannockburn. You know, Winnetka. Spend it. Put on. He's one of the good ones. Yeah, no bad. That's so bad. Like, I can see that happening. That is for sure. Uh, but when it comes to the quarterback situation, because we're going to talk about Bulls in a second, uh, and we have a very special guest that will join us here to talk about the Bulls and everything that's been going on over the weekend with the Bulls. Um, just, just one thing. Like, if you are a Justin Fields fan, it's okay to support the guy because from the beginning, it was going to be something new. Wiley was just something fresh, like, okay, we're going to get a great athlete along with a great quarterback. And I can understand why people felt that that's what they were getting. But again, the Bears ruined the water by picking a lane and saying, we're going to tank. And then this year, you go from three to seven wins, seven wins this year. And there was some improvement. But again, just like the first year, injuries and ineptitude. This year, the same thing. The NFL moves quickly now. It's not the, the same NFL that we grew up with where you try to be able to mold and shape a quarterback for six or seven years, especially if the quarterback's underachieving or if the offense or the organization's underachieving. It's just, you know, and I've been reading and hearing from, from people around the league, friends of mine that do what we do for a living to talk sports. And, you know, Miami's looking their chops at fields. Atlanta's interested. New England's interested. It's interesting how people look at fields and say, yeah, Chicago doesn't know what they're doing. A quarterback we will take them. We'll take them. Yeah. Absolutely. As a backup or as a starter, we'll take them because they see how dynamic he is with his, with his feet. They see some of those highlights and go, he could be that guy. I wish he was that guy for the bears. I wish the bears had the infrastructure to have that extra wide receiver, that offensive line. That's an iron gate in front of him. The ability for, for fields to let the ball loose win 2.5 seconds and get the offense running. I say this all the time on, on ESPN 1000. When we watch the playoffs, when we see the playoffs, we're seeing the varsity. When the Bears play, that's the freshman sophomore game. And then, and that is like, how, why is that hood? And the reason why is because we run the football, we run into a wall, we turn the ball over, all these things where it looks half speed versus these dynamic offenses that we're seeing, Josh Allen and everybody else in between, Lamar Jackson with Baltimore, the ball gets out, and the offense is moving, and the defense is smash mouth. And, and it's just a whole different level than what the Bears do. And I just wish that Justin Fields was on a team like that. Maybe eventually that will be the Bears, but it's just not now. So as, as a Bears fan, as a diehard Bears fan, I don't want Justin Fields to go somewhere and suck. I'm perfectly fine with him going to another team and playing well. I just want the Bears quarterback to be elite. So if with his uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, if they're elite, an elite quarterback and Justin Fields goes somewhere and he's good or just a step or two below them, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I have no issue with that. 
if he goes somewhere and has success, I have no issue as long as the Bears have a they have a guy on the center who is playing at a high level. Let's talk Chicago Bulls right now. There's a lot to talk about with this Bulls team. We go to a man that has a very well-read blog. It's the ctjreport.net. Again, the ctjreport.net. As we have our conversation with C.J. Taylor, make sure you check out uh, his thoughts on so many things, including the Chicago Bulls. C.J., thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing, Cousin Wiley? How's it going? All right. Thanks so much for joining us, man. No uh, problem. We have got a lot to talk about, uh, especially uh, starting with this lady right here. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that is the widow of Jerry Krause. If you're watching on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook, you see uh, the widow of Jerry Krause. Uh, and let's start there, CJ. So, all right. I said at the time that Michael Reinsdorf came up with this idea, uh, the CEO of the Bulls. Let's have a ring of honor for the Chicago Bulls. And I said, Okay, so you're coming up with this now. Nothing wrong with that. It's good to celebrate the championship Bulls. Mm -hmm. And why you're doing it, because you need good PR around this Bulls team. As the Bulls do nothing as far as their front office is concerned, it's a moribund, kind of lousy franchise. You want to do, have a feel-good for the Bulls. Good PR. Mm -hmm. But the way you they rush this through and just say, we have a ring of honor. Is Michael available? Michael's not available. No, he's laying up at a beach someplace. Scott, are you available? Nah, is Mike going to be there? I'm not going to be there. I don't want to deal with that, that smoke. Uh, Rodman, are you going to be there? Oh, it's snowing. I can't be there. They did this wrong. But on top of that, you knew that Jerry Krause would be honored at some point. Why'd you have to do it this year? Why'd you have to do it this year? But they decided to do it anyway. And so they put the picture of Jerry Krause on the big board at the United Center. The widow of Jerry Krause was there. They announced Jerry Krause in the ring of honor. And all of a sudden, there's booze from all over the arena. So I want to get your initial reaction, CJ. When you saw that, what did you think? I was thoroughly disgusted um, at the fans' response. Uh, they knew walking into that uh, arena what was going to happen with this um, uh, Ring of Honor ceremony. They knew from the moment that they walked into the arena that Jerry Krause was going to be a part of, uh, uh, of this ceremony. It is that was a bad look for uh, the Chicago Bulls organization, the fans, the city of Chicago. Whatever your personal feelings were for Jerry Krause, you know, during that time, what you felt about the breakup, whether he was responsible, other parties responsible, don't boo. Don't boo the man. The man's been dead for seven years. His wife is there to accept the honor on, on his behalf. And that was just, that was classless that was gutless uh, on the fans' part. And you, you just have to do better and be better about that. Uh, what, 25 years since the last Bulls championship, 25 going on 26 years since the last Bulls championship, let those feelings go. Whatever your feelings were toward Jerry, let him go. Uh, Scottie Pippen did. He said on the last dance himself that Jerry Krause is the greatest general manager um, uh, of all time. Michael certainly let it go in his own way uh, by begrudgingly accepting the fact that, you know, certain trades and moves that Jerry Krause did benefited and helped the team. Mm -hmm. Why can't you, as as the fan, let that go? That, that was just a despicable display uh, by the fans, and, and they just need to do better and be better uh, about it. Cousin? Well, 
I also I thought it was classless. Like as as a Bulls fan, um, Cross was the punching bag, you know, for those mm-hmm. championship teams. And I think he he enjoyed being the role of the sleuth and you know all the other labels that, that he had because the Bulls were winning. Um, and I felt like at the end, you know, everyone pointed and said, "Oh, well, you, if you have Michael Jordan on your team, you sh- you you'll win a lot of championships." It's not true. There are a lot mm-hmm. of great players who've played their entire careers without winning rings. Dan Marino is probably one of the, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. No rings. You have a lot of guys like Charles Barkley, one of the best basketball players of all time, zero rings. Or someone sneaks in at the end and, and wins a, a ring. So just having Michael Jordan was not a guarantee of a, of a ring because we saw that for his first seven, eight years with, with the Bulls. So I think you have to credit Cross for what he did and to have – the fans react that way, you know, nearly 30 years later was, was just ridiculous. But I guess the question that I have, though, is did the Bulls not expect that? Like, m- maybe show the wife's first as you're as you're announcing him, you know, to, 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 to kind of, you know, tap down on the, the potential Bulls that you'll get putting across this picture on the screen. I'm not excusing the fans for the reaction, but maybe show the wife Say hey, you know she's here, and, and mention mention Cross, you know after you you have her picture up on the uh, on, on the board. But but seeing, I'm being honest, uh, Hood and CJ, seeing the reaction of his wife, mm-hmm. if that was like my grandmother or yeah. my mother, I would want to hurt everyone in that place for that reaction right there. Like you couldn't you couldn't stop me from wanting to put hands on whoever's whoever's present, seeing them react that way. It was it was ridiculous. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, that that's and that kind of gets to to Jay Hood's point about being able to structure that event a bit better, uh, organize it a bit better. Uh, his wife was was there. They knew that going in. So uh, I agree with you. Show the picture or show her right on the screen as you're doing the uh, as you're doing the accolades for Jerry Krause. Uh, except the thing about Krause, was he prickly? Yes. Jay Hood, you covered the Bulls, you know, during that time. Krause loved kind of being the guy that liked to, you know, keep secrets like this was a CIA and everything like that. But you can't take away his accomplishments as the, the general manager of that team. He orchestrated, it was the architect of a team that gave us six championships and eight, gave us a dynasty, a dynasty. And we can't say that about any of our sports teams here in Chicago. We, you can get a pick off a championship here with the White Sox, one from the Cubs. You kind of had a mini run with the with the Blackhawks. But a, a complete dynasty, like that was Jerry Krause's doing, whether you like the man or not. And then for, yeah, this kind of gets my other point on, on why I thought the fans were, you know, really classless and gutless. Say what you want about the, the breakup and how that all went down. And fans thinking, oh, we could have got, you know, another two, three uh, rings out of this. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. You saw that team in 98. They were out of gas Mm -hmm. uh, in that that 98 season. They barely made it across the finish line. Could they have possibly have had one more run in them? Eh, maybe, possibly. But to say that this was going to be a, a, a run of sustained excellence for like another three, four years, no, out of the question. 
outside of Michael and possibly Scotty, everybody else on that team was really past their prime. And we saw that once the once the breakup happened. We saw Luke Longley unfortunately get, you know, go through his knee injuries. We saw Dennis completely just, I don't know, disassociate himself with the passion of playing basketball. We saw all of these things happen. So this, and then of course there was the whole Phil Jerry dynamic itself. Two huge egos that neither one of them were going to give ground to that. So I, I just it's unfortunate how all that came about. It's unfortunate what happened on, on Friday. Uh, it, it was just a situation that should have been handled better on all fronts. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, the um, whether Thelma Krause's picture was up on the, the big board at the United Center or not, uh, just the name of Jerry Krause would have people booing. It just, it just would have because people just recoil at him, resent him uh, because someone had to be the villain in this situation. Jerry Krause, right as Phil Jackson signed his last deal with the Chicago Bulls, a one-year deal, came on the radio on WGN and said, I don't care if Phil goes 82-0, and 0, this is his last year with the Chicago Bulls. That's how, that's how tough it was. You were, up front, you were an upfront cunt back in the day. Yeah, you, you you would say like front. Right? It wasn't like it was hiding behind social media, hiding behind a Maya Angelou quote. It wasn't none of that. It was like this is how it is. That's how it was back then. Like Kraus yeah. and Jordan didn't get along. You know, Kraus and Pippen didn't get along. Phil Jackson, same thing because Kraus thought that hey, you know what? Organizations win championships more so than you guys going up and down the roads and going up and down the, the floor. And so you wonder why these championship teams break up in Chicago, right? The Chicago Blackhawks because of scandal and also this tug of war and who's who's the reason why the Blackhawks win those championships? Is it Quinn Villas, the players, or is it the organization? Why the White Sox had to break up? They had the one championship with Ozzie Guillen, but yet there was a tug of war between Ozzie and Ken. Why the Cubs break up? Because Madden, there was enough of Joe Madden. There was Joe Madden fatigue, apparently, between Madden and the front office. Mm-hmm. This Bulls situation. It is amazing that it always comes down to who gets the credit. Everybody gets the credit when you win a championship. Right. Everybody yeah. gets the credit. It'll happen to the Golden State Warriors, too. It, it will happen. It's already fraying at the edges with Golden State. But it's going to come to a head where Draymond's going to get on the podcast and say, you know what? It wasn't all about Myers. It wasn't all about Lakeup. It was about the players. Steve Kerr was a tyrant. It, you'll hear something toward the end of this real run for Golden State. It happens all the time. Instead of just being able to enjoy the fruits of your labor, oh, I'm a Hall of Famer, multi-time champion. My kids, kids, kids are paid. This is awesome, right? No, it's always saying, I want my credit. And this is what happens to the Bulls. So, But, but to your point, CJ, it is correct that – at some point, say that this this thing would have kept going, like the Spurs would have had that ass, the Rockets would have. <laughs> somebody would have, because uh, because it, it happened to the Celtics. Yeah, you guys remember the Celtics toward the end where Larry Bird was laying on his stomach because his back was out. Now, mm-hmm. They were the Celtics try to be cool like the Charlotte Hornets when they first came out. They put on black cons because like, well, we got to keep up with everybody else. We're cool too. No, they were running them off the floor because that that dynasty was over. They were old. They couldn't keep up anymore. I'll never forget that. So that's the whole thing with that. I just, my thought, guys, is with this whole ring of honor, it's ill-conceived. Shouldn't happen the way it did. You make sure, you ask Michael, Michael, when are you available? Oh, I got this trip, and I got this golf tournament. I got, 
Just tell me when you're available. We'll do this shit in Grant Park. It ought to be then I said, we'll do this anytime that you're ready. The mm-hmm. ring starts with you. We can't have a ring of honor without you. That's why it was the drizzling shits on Friday, because they did it because Steve Kerr was in town. Steve <laughs> Kerr's in town? We got to do it because Steve's in town. For real? Really? One shot Steve is that you have to play the whole ring of honor around him. He was a good bull. Don't get me wrong, but he was interchangeable. Okay. I mean, he was doing what Pax did, the, the key shot, right? Stay your ass in the corner. I'll let you know when you can shoot the ball," said Jordan. I mean, that's that's what it, that's what it came down to, cousin. So my thought is, it's a punchy like, back with Jordan too. Well, you can't have this. Literally, <laughs> you, you can't have this without Jordan. Period. That's a, that's my whole thing. Go ahead, cousin. No, I, I was I was agreeing with you. I said he was a he was also a punchy back with Jordan as well. That like, so I I agree. I feel like this is probably something Michael Reinsdorf came up with. You know, he thought like uh, doing what the Bears do, trying to relive the glory days and and make a few dollars off reliving the the glory days would be good for the organization on a on a cold winter night. But to your point, if if Jordan isn't there, if Scotty's in there, even if Rodman is in there, it's it's not an event you should hold. So if you if you can't get a guarantee from from at least two of those three, you don't hold the event. And none of them showed up. And how much of an attention whore is is Phil Jackson. You know, he's almost 80 years. He doesn't have anything better to do to show up in Chicago on a <laughs> on a cold January night to, you know, be honored. Like, you're one of the greatest coaches of all time. Why the fuck are you there? Why are you there? I understand all of, you know, the middling role players, you know, let them show up, let them get their accolades. You know, a lot of them guys haven't been around in a while. Let them, I'm fine with celebrating them. Why is Phil there? If, if, if Jordan isn't there, Scotty, Robert, why are you there? But he's like, oh, yeah, I was here. Put my feet up on the table. You know, no, leave your ass at home. Like, go find Jenny Buss or something, you know, and have some fun. What do you mean, have some fun? <laughs> you say, read a book. Okay. All right. yoga, stretch. At least he showed up. That's the whole point. And again, you could have rolled this out from, t- you know, from year to year to year and expand this thing. You didn't have to just jam a whole bunch of players in, man. A ring of honor is supposed to be one at a time or a couple at a time. You didn't have to have five or six people. Luke Longley showing up, Tony. I mean, I mean, those guys should have their own night. Celebrate them on their own day. And, again, you can't do this without Michael. So I just thought that, again, it's the Bulls. It shows you how bad the PR is with the Bulls that they come up with this now. And so I just, you know, Pippen ain't going to show because Michael's son – is fucking his ex, so that's not gonna happen. So that's that, that's done, right? It's just not. I mean, people ain't gonna show unless Pippen had his own night, right? That makes sense. And then when Rodman, he said he got snowed out. Okay, well then let Rodman come up, come in here last Monday, last Tuesday. Why can't he do that? And then make sure he's available for Friday. That's why all this was just nonsense to me. I just didn't like it. Any final thoughts? Because we got to talk about the season. Yeah, I mean, well, Pippen didn't even record a video. I mean, at least Rotman and Jordan recorded a video. Pippen, like, wanted none of that shit. And I was just like, okay. That was the the part to me that felt like this thing is completely disorganized. I, I kind of agree with you, Hood. If you're going to do this, do this in stages. Like, I, I, if I'm going to do the ring of honor, I'm going to start with, you know, the 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 starting history of the Bulls. Yeah. Honor the, the, the start of the franchise, the, the Bulls you know, the uh, the mid-70s that were, you know, championship contenders. Honor those guys, 
you know, in, in that ring of honor to, to kind of get the thing started. You know what the bulk of this is going to be about. It's going to be about Michael and Scotty and Phil and Dennis and the, the teams of the 90s, you know, that gave us the sixth title, the six titles. But honor the other guys, you know, honor Norm Van Leer, honor, you know, the some of the former Bulls that kind of helped uh, pave the way for all of this. So that, that was my, my final thoughts on it was Scotty's like complete. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing anything. No video, no message, nothing. I mean, just scandalous, man. He's he's just <laughs> on um, You know, just one quick thing about Norm Van Leer. I miss Norm. Yeah. No, you know, my career only worked with him one time. One mm -hmm. That's funny because we were at the same station, you know, after my time at the score, I um, I worked with Norm when ESPN 1000 had the, the Bulls rights. And I did like a... Um, like a Bulls weekly show with him, like a two hour, two and a half hour show. And we had never worked together, but we knew each other. And, you know, I'm doing my thing, you know, just running the show, just passing it to Norm because Norm's the guy, just setting him up so he could just be able to talk off the top of his head about the Bulls. And we go to commercial and Norm said, man, I mean, you're doing your thing. You're all right. This is good. This sounds good. Yeah, Norm. Yeah, sounds good because I'm because you're the star. I'm just I'm just driving the show, and he just he felt so comfortable for whatever reason with me. I don't know what he thought um, of me before we did the show, but we did the show. He's like, oh, I'm just comfortable. There was um there was a loneliness with Norm that bothered me as well. Um, great guy because he'll talk to anybody. You just don't cross him, but otherwise he. Would, but there was uh, I remember um, Peacock and I were at the old Ditka's when it was open. Um, and we were there on New Year's Eve before kicking it. We got dinner first. Yeah, gotta get the dinner first, and then going out to kick it afterwards. So we had dinner, and we saw Norm outside the window, right, just kind of walking the streets. And I just waved him in like Norm, and he just came in, and the Ditkas knew him, so they just let him in like right through the dining place, right? You guys been to Ditkas when it was open, right? Yeah, uh, on Chestnut Street, and um. I said, Norm, what's up, man? He's like, oh, man, just walking around. just like." I said, it's New Year's Eve. I said, you got any plans? No, man, just uh, just walking around, just enjoying the city, attitude, attitude, you know. Was watching, you know. I said, pull up a chair, man. I know this is for two. It's like, let's get a chair. Just sit down. And we just had, you know, he's telling old stories. And my wife and I was just entertaining him. He entertained us. And then we left. And, you know, he went to the bar afterwards. And I'm just like, damn. I know he's doing like pre and post for the Bulls on for TV, but it's kind of like his wife and his family's in California, and it was like no in between. Like he wasn't really with anybody. And I and then I saw that several times, and I thought, damn, this is Norm Van Leer. It's a Bulls star. I'm like, that guy should be loved wherever he goes, and he is. But he just kind of was doing his own thing. He was a very unique person. I really enjoyed uh, my time around Norm. Speaking of love. The Bulls get uh, Bob Love a new leather jacket. <laughs> it's, it's the same one from Dude on the L. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same one, except it says Bulls, not Pele or whatever. Okay. What, what, okay. Right? They had the Pele jacket or a lot or whatever, right? It's the same yeah. one, right? For like 30 straight years, same leather. It's like, <laughs> man, you need a new one. That thing must smell terrible. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know it's not the good one. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I see I see Bob Love at the United Center. And I don't know if you're trying to sell me some some uh, loose squares or not with that. <laughs> like you you got cigarettes, uh, Bob? No, no, no. Like all right, fine, <laughs> no problem. Uh, we can talk about uh, the Bulls at large um, with the uh, the great Billy Donovan as the head coach for this uh, Chicago Bulls team. So. As we record this, the Bulls are 19 and 22, and they're going to lose to Cleveland. So they'll be 19 and 23 on the season, uh, gentlemen. So, CJ, and again, uh, as we have our conversation, support uh, CJ because he supports us. It's the ctjreport.net, the ctjreport.net. Uh, the only report that you'll ever need. Plenty on the Bears, plenty on the Bulls, plenty on uh, pro wrestling and everything else in between. Also, a really good piece about uh, Dr. King. Uh, Dr. King would love this show today. Yeah, he would love the the conversation we're having today, except for my cousin's comments that was about, <laughs> talking about King sleeping around. I think that was unnecessary, and this is why we're fans. See, you know, you're starting to get this now, right? You're starting to get. This. He says that he's a more more handsome cousin. That's how I used to look, by the way. He's a more handsome cousin. He says shit I can't say. So this is why we have this. This would usually be a text message, but uh, now he's got the forum to just say anything. So this is what it is now. Uh, I keep my job, but he doesn't care. <laughs> um, so 19 and 23, I think we think that the Bulls are going to be after this game against Cleveland. Give, me your, give us your overall thoughts about the first half. What stood out most about the Bulls? Dysfunction. Just If I could sum it up in one word, dysfunction. Uh, this team, we, I think all three of us have known this team has run its course probably about a year and a half ago. Uh, when they initially put this team together, you had Lonzo, he goes out with, you know, horrific knee injury. Hopefully the kid, you know, can uh, somehow play again. But at this point, you know, it looks bleak. You knew what this was two years ago once Lonzo got injured. And yet, you know, AK and, and Mark Eversley refused to pull the trigger on anything. You really had the chance to blow this thing up before the season started uh, during the offseason. You decided to stand pat again and, and bring, you know, virtually everybody back. And I don't know how they could think that you're just going to get different results. And you saw the, the ugly start that they got off to. I think they were 5-14, and 14, mm -hmm. you know, at one point before uh, Zach went down with his foot injury. You, you can't continue to go through the, the same motions all the time and expect different results. You know who all these players are at this point. You know that the three of them, when you talk about Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan, aren't really going to coexist to the point where the Bulls can really be in contention. You, Vucevic is a seven-footer. needs to be in the post. Well, that's where DeMar lives because that's his mid-range game, that old man y, YMCA game. It's great. I love seeing it. But at the same time, it takes away from what Vooch can do, which is why Vooch you know, stands out there and shoots anywhere from four to seven three-pointers per a night. And then there's Zach, who's paid like a star, uh, has the, you know, the star contract. And, you know, he can score 25 or 30 a night. But what is that really getting you in terms of the team? I think Zach's uh, uh, performance or throughout the year has kind of suffocated what some of the younger players can do. And you saw what the younger players could do once Zach went down. 
I kept tweeting. I was like, I'm not saying this is a better team without Zach. It's just a different team. It, it was a team that actually put forth effort, which is what you didn't see from your supposed three leaders. It was a team that actually went out and played hard, which is something you didn't see from your three leaders on a nine in and nine out basis. And, you know, it was a team that just wanted to just go out there and show what they can do. You've seen the emergence of, of Kobe White uh, uh, since Zach went down. You've seen some of these younger players get a little shine. And now, you know, you just, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to see now that Zach is back and everybody's back. I, I think this is going to eventually morph into what it was at the start of the season. You just have to let it go so, and start so, over. What, what do you see as uh, now you have with Zach back, Vucevic back in the lineup, uh, and what is this team ceiling now? Because they're into today is like the ninth seed in the uh, in the East. Are they mm-hmm. still a playing team? And what can you get for a Zach Levine? Or are you going to have to pay to unload that contract? Here's the thing, um, it, and this is this is just me. They're the eighth, ninth seed in the East. I don't think they can get any higher than that. I mean, if you're asking me, are they going to be better than? Are they going to be better than Cleveland? No, we're seeing that tonight. I mean, they're getting waxed <laughs> by Cleveland. Yep. Are they are they better than the Knicks? Probably not. We're not even going to discuss Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston. I mean, are they better than the Miami Heat? Probably not. No. Probably not. No. You know, you, you start naming these teams throughout the East, um, and you're going to land the ball somewhere around eight or nine. This is it. This is the this is their ceiling. They're gonna probably be in the play-in tournament. Maybe they can make it in the first round, depending upon uh matchups. But I mean, what they get you what a, a gentleman's sweep, you know, either at the hands of Boston and Milwaukee. What is what are you really doing with that? That that's and as far and to your other thing about what, what can you get for Zach, whatever you can at this point. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, whatever you can. Well, a couple of things that I'm thinking about with this bull seat. First of all, like it's kind of like the Justin Fields conversation, guys, when we talk about Zach Levine in that I got a problem with Zach Levine, but Zach Levine is on a good team, the third or fourth option. Mm-hmm. On this team, he has no other choice but to be the number one or number two option most, most nights. And again, that, that falls at the feet of the organization for not being able to look at this thing and say, we need to have the right shooting around Zach Levine. We know that Zach maybe is not a number one, obviously on a good team because he hasn't been on this Bulls team. But, you know, I, I used to have the opinion of Zach. It was like, oh, this guy is like the new Reggie Theus. He's like the best player on a bad team. I talked to Reggie about this. You know, Reggie and I did a number of shows on Sirius XM on NBA radio. And I asked him directly, I go, what was it like to be the best player on a bad team? And for our younger listeners and viewers, Reggie was the man before Michael Jordan came to Chicago. He was the dude. And he scored a lot and had to carry this team during the dark day, dark ages of the Bulls. He said, you know what? It's very difficult because there's a lot of pressure. Is it because everyone wants to trade you? Everyone wants to get rid of you? I'm doing my thing, but I can't win with Kyle Macy and Orlando Woolridge. Like, you know, dudes that's doing coke. Like, I, I, can't, I can't do anything with that. I just have two blondes on my arm when I leave, when I go down the road. I'm Hey, though my teammates are not winning every day because Rush Street Reggie was about it, right? I told Reggie Theus, by the way, what a quick antidote. I told him when I worked with him, 
I said, Reggie, you don't even understand how big you were in the city. I said, a lot of kids my age, when you were, when you were in the league, had a picture in their home of Jesus, Dr. King, and Reggie Theus, right? And he was like, I had Farrah Fawcett on my wall when I was coming up. I said, you don't even understand how important you were to the city because we didn't have any champions. I said, mm-hmm. you were the dude. And he like, he stopped joking and he was like, you know, I didn't even understand what you're saying there. I was like, yeah, you were big in the city. Like when we had nothing, we had no winners. It was you and Walter. That's all we had back then, right? So he understood uh, his importance in the city. But nevertheless, I just I, I look at this with this Bulls team and I say, okay, Zach is just not the number one. But as Darnell Mayberry, who's been on the podcast before, told me from The Athletic, does a great job covering this Bulls team, smart brother, knows his basketball. He told me, he goes, he says, Hood, they have to make a move. They can't stand pat. The deadline's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this, right? Like they have to do something, and it's and it's not the the team's not gonna go into the tax, and nor should they. Nor should they. What who's out there that can really make this team that much better to get them to what CJ was talking about in the play-in tournament, seventh seed, and he bounced. So you have to make a deal here, and if that's Zach, it's Zach. Then if not him, then it's DeRozan. But you have to make some deals here, because if you just stand pat and just roll out with it. The Magic's already better than you. You can add them too because the Bulls mm-hmm. built so, the Bulls yeah. built the Magic. So the Magic, the Knicks, the Pacers, mm-hmm. uh, the Heat, the the Cavs, the Sixers, the the Bucks, the Celtics, and then where do the Bulls fit in that? Where do they fit? And so either you go backwards and you try to reimagine this thing through the draft, or you add on just to barely survive. That's when you're stuck. That's where the Bulls are. I don't think the Bulls have they have an option other than trying to take a few steps back and build through the draft because what who's your superstar player right now? Patrick Williams didn't emerge as the guy who people thought he would be. We thought he would be a a mini Kawhi Leonard, and he is at best, you know, a a homeless man's uh, Kawhi Leonard, if that. And then you have Kobe White who has played well with Zach Levine out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. But can you say he's going to be your star going forward? No, he's he's a quality player to have. But we saw this team have success with guys like Vucevic and Zach Levine out of the lineup. Andre Drummond found, you know, refound his fountain of view, you know, and played well uh, like, a, like a little Dennis Rodman when um, with Vucevic out of the lineup. And, and so we talked about this earlier this year, Hood. I think the question is you have to look at, you have to look, look at Billy Donovan. Up until Kobe a- White emerged, up, up until Kobe White emerged over this past uh, this past month or so, like you couldn't point to a guy who developed under Billy Donovan. You couldn't point to you had players who left and got better, but you couldn't point to a guy who was on the roster who got better with him as head coach. The way he structures the lineups, it, the way he puts the team, the way him and AK put the team together, you can't look and say, okay, does this make sense? Because it took for Levine to get hurt for you to realize, like, hey, that guy's good. Vucevic out of the lineup, hey, Andre Drummond can still play basketball. Why is he playing more? He isn't playing more because you have a head coach who, for whatever reason, doesn't know what he's doing now. You know, I don't know if the game is passing by. Okay, fine. Then then fire Billy Donovan. Then see what you got. 
Go ahead, fire him. Yeah. Like, like you, like I'm. The reason why that you didn't see Andre Dr- Drummond get major minutes, uh, or some of these other guys, Javon Carter, some of these guys get man, because you got to play your starters. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's about the stars. If you have any, that's what it comes down to. Like, you want to blame Billy Donovan? Like, Billy Donovan didn't put this team together. Billy Donovan came here to coach stars and to push a team into the playoffs. He didn't come here to coach Terry Taylor and Dale and Terry. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this little insight. Uh, see how I can say it. If Billy Donovan, uh, CJ, knew that the Bulls would be run this way, he wouldn't have gone back to coaching after Oklahoma City. He'd be back in college. Or just uh, pick a team that has more stars, like a yeah. better rotation. Like, I'm the way I have to say it, I have to say it like this until uh, there's more information. I'll just put it this way. If he knew that the Bulls were going to be built like this through AK and Eversley, where it's like, well, this is what you have. Well, can you make this team better? Nope. Develop Kobe White. Okay. He wouldn't have come to the Bulls because the, the best thing that AK and Eversley did is knock on Billy's door. And Billy was like, I'm not coaching. Oh, no, this is the money we we'll want to pay you. We, we This is a top shelf hire. And I thought it was at the time, too. But what can he do with this team? I mean, it, it, I mean, that you, you say he hasn't developed anybody like Kobe White. If it's not development, it's empowerment, if nothing else. Kobe, shoot the fucking basketball. Keep shooting it. And look what's happened. This guy here could be comeback. It's not comeback play of the year, but it's most improved, right? Most improved, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's almost 20 points a game. I, yeah. We never thought we'd see that from Kobe White. I didn't like the draft pick. Combo guard. From, I'm like, ah, too small. And look at yeah. him, okay? I mean, like, if nothing else, there's a guy that stands up, one of the – the guy that stands out the most on the team for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billy Donovan on my list of, of reasons of why this Bulls team continues to underachieve is probably fourth or fifth, you know, on the list. Cause it, like I said, he's, he's, at, he's, he's got to coach whatever stars you, you think are on a team. And you legitimately at one point had three all-stars, you know, on the team. Why they are not able to coexist on on, on the floor and, and make that work? I mean, Billy Donovan can only do so much. At, at some point, those three players on on the floor have to learn to play with each other, and they never did. They never did. I mean, that's not to say that they beefing with each other or anything like that, but it's just to say that on the court, it just doesn't mix. And if you're if you're a coach and you're trying to squeeze that squeeze that rock, you know, as much as you can and try to get as much as you can out, out of it. You know, you're just going to get to a point where this is it. This is all I can do. Billy's got the security because AK and Mark Eversley aren't going to fire him. And, and if and if he does get fired, Billy will say thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm yeah. dead like he, he would say, okay, like ain't nothing I can do. Like, because I know what, what you're saying. You're saying that because it's Billy Donovan that he should be able to push this boulder uphill. That dog don't hunt, man. Like Zach's gonna do Zach, and DeRozan gonna do DeRozan, and then you've got uh, a big that won't bang on the inside. He's a three point shooter because that's what the game provides today. And you got a bunch of role players like like LeBron could take Alex Caruso now. He take him now. He take Zach now. I don't know what the haul you get back though. 
but I mean, maybe a Hachimura, a draft pick, and Russell. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Angel Russell. Does that make sense? I mean, like yeah. that—that's what I keep hearing out of LA. Yeah, I, I heard Austin Reeves. You know his oh. name. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh the hundred level would love Austin Reeves. Yes. Oh, they would love Austin Reeves Bulls. Oh, that that would be perfect. That would be perfect for the for the Bulls. It's ah, try hard Bulls 3.0. Ah. <laughs> and, and then you can wear your Luckman jersey, cuz oh to the right. <laughs> on Austin Reeves and ah that's what we like the grit. Ah. But this this gets back to uh the, the organization itself. Uh how it's constructed, how it's run, how they evaluate talent. It, it is just in a, in a lot of ways, like the Bears, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And we keep finding themselves in basketball hell. You might get a team that, you know, could, you know, make it to the second round of the playoffs. But at the end of the day, because of how they're run, because of how they they do things, they won't get into the luxury tax. They won't, they won't really go out and spend, you know, for – I mean, outside of the Zach thing, but they, they won't do what's necessary to elevate that team from point A to point B to point C to really get them in into championship uh, contention. And, and that's what the fans are really sitting back and going, okay, when? When is this going to happen? You know, when we, we've been waiting since Derrick Rose, unfortunate knee injury, to kind of get back to where we were really in championship contention. And they keep spinning their wheels, you know, for continuity's sake. Ah, the continuity bulls. <laughs> so how, how do you turn how, how do you turn it around then? Because like as a Bulls fan, I look back and I say, okay, to me, John Paxson was the last, I guess, quote unquote GM who had success when it comes to acquiring players. Like he he did a, he had a, a great run uh selecting guys through the draft. And then he, when they brought in Garth for whatever reason brought in guard to uh, and move them upstairs, things changed. And they haven't figured it out since then. So how do you get back to a point where you at least have one superstar on your team? You know, because having one superstar gives you a shot. You know, having multiple obviously put you in the championship mix. We also have an all-star at this point. So how do you get back to that point where you're competing for titles? Unlike the Bears, where I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, I see nothing with the Bulls. I can't tell you this five, ten years to figure it out. So what do you do? Uh, you hire Bob Myers. That's 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 what you do. Someone that knows what the hell they're doing. Um, you know, Bob Myers uh, helped build the Golden State Warriors, and he wanted to get out of there because he knew he knew that it was that the uh, the shitstorm was was happening with them. He knew because that's why he got out. It, it's so smart when you get out a year or two early because like, he could have st- stayed in there, but he realizes injuries dealing with Draymond, Steve Kerr's ego. He's like, I'm good. I got my championships. I got my money. I'm good. I'll do TV for a while. I'll help the Washington Commanders find their head coach and work with them and do something that's kind of a hobby for me, work in the NFL for a little bit. But you you, you fire the general manager and, and the president of basketball operations. That's exactly – you start there. And then from there, you have to bottom out to get your way back up there again. And listen, I hate tanking, but you're stuck – it was stuck when our tourist kind of show us got here. They were stuck mm-hmm. right then because it's like you got to pay Zach, right? Did you have to pay Zach? Sure, you got to pay Zach, 
because if you don't pay Zach, what are you going to do? Well, maybe you're a year early. Maybe the Bulls are the Detroit Pistons then. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you are saddled with that contract. And so DeMar DeRozan, who said, who kind of wants to finish as a bull, the oldest bull on the team, man, like, go get yourself a championship or go, go with a better team. But he likes it in Chicago. His family likes it here. I get it, but it's like – you know, you're in some ways you're part of the problem because you're just a third or fourth option on a good team, also. And mm. so you have Vucevic, also a third or fourth option on the Chicago Bulls. You have to redo this thing, and you've got to be able to do it through the draft. Now, here's the thing: when you, I look at the upcoming draft, there's no one dynamic, Cuzzo. That that's the whole thing. You have to be smart by making trades of your assets and to be able to find veterans to get yourself in the mix. Like everybody can't win the championship. But you can at least get into be a playoff contender. Like it's so top heavy in the East that you gotta be able to get in where you fit in. And I would rather for the Bulls just to be able to be in the playoffs and build from there than to just be on the outside looking in. And then not never paying money through the tax and going through what you're going through right now, which is not even mediocrity. It's just not very good. It's not a good product. It's inconsistent. We have got a lot of comments. CJ, you wanna stick around for the comments? Sure. Let's help you. He wants to stay away. He wants to stay away from the family. I understand. This is <laughs> uh, <laughs> and by the way, by the way, just a, another just reminder because it's so cold outside. There you go, on uh, YouTube and on Twitch and on Facebook. There you go. A little, little warm weather. That's eighty degrees right there. A little San Diego for you. Um, once the wife sees that, uh, CJ, she's going to want a vacation. Uh, <laughs> so she'll be she'll be uh, doing a live vlog on that. On, uh, on vacation, so listen. She's already planning stuff. Uh, I, I got nearly a foot of snow out here. It's it's bad. <laughs> so uh, let's see what we have here. All right, uh, Mark. Mark says that the Bulls smell like an old bus seat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he thinks that they should – Mark says they should tear down, start over. Again, I hate tanking because we're in Chicago. It should always be a standard of championship – a championship-level standard or a playoff mm-hmm. standard. I hate that, like, we're being like, – like we're Charlotte or Phoenix and just start over. Like, well, you got to tear it down. Like, for some teams, it works well when you tear it down and build it back up. But for Chicago, you know, the Cubs did it. Blackhawks did it. Sox kind of just kind of ran into a championship in 05. Yeah. Just, I just, I like, I like our teams to win. That's what I want. Um, I love the bus seat thought. Uh, and it, is, it is a Chicago sports theme. That is right, Mark, regarding, you know, trying to figure out who you are. Um, you know, we, we were talking about the Bulls earlier and talking about the Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing about that, about Reinsdorf. He says, great point, Hoodie. It, it, is it really a surprise with the Reinsdorf organization? Do you know Jerry was not there for the really? Ring of Honor? Did you see him? I don't recall seeing him. He was not there. So, so what does that say he, that he's that he was not there? Okay, I know it's I look I know it's his son's you know deal, but Jerry was the head of the Bulls at that time. He was mm-hmm. not there for the Ring of Honor. Um. Curtis Jackson checking in from snowy Minnesota. You think it's bad here. He's up in Minnesota right there, stuck. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Curtis, for checking in. Carlos with a K says he wakes up uh, early in Tucson just to check out 
uh, the the uh, real takes regarding Bears football and all things Chicago with uh, Cap and Jay Hood. Then uh, cap it off in the evenings with the Under the Hood crew. Yeah, Carlos, thank you so much for checking in on YouTube. We appreciate that. Um, that's the one thing about the uh, about YouTube and the podcast, man. You can listen anytime, and it's so cool. There was a time in our business, if you didn't catch us live, you never caught us. You remember those days, Wiley? Just had to be able to listen live. If you didn't listen live, you were you were shit out of luck. Yes. <laughs> So uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Thompson says, I love San Diego. <laughs> he loves the picture of San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were talking earlier, CJ, about how kids today do not like, the, they don't do the side hustle. The idea of when it's snowing, get that shovel out, make yourself 100, 200 bucks going from, House to house, place to place, get that shovel, get that. And if you're if you're if you're good, maybe you got some salt that you're bringing too. A little mm-hmm. salt, a little scraper, ah, and a little at, at a touch. And of course, uh, my my cousin here uh, took it to a different level, where uh, he said that it's always good to shovel, you know, a single woman's home. Uh, just give him a little smile. So I I don't know what what homes you were going to. Uh, <laughs> but you 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 weren't getting just cocoa. They didn't let you in. <laughs> for something else as a child. Hey, I, I see the vision. I see the vision with that. So, <laughs> props. <laughs> I understand, cousin. I don't know what homes you went to. Come on in, honey. Oh, yes. And of course, during that time, I mean, it was uninhibited. You know, they had the the, the nice nightgown on, or they had the right. Yeah. like Oxy Roker from the Jeffersons. <laughs> just in a flowing dress, but nothing underneath. I know that was your rep, your alley, Cuzzo. That's what all right. You, you know what? Sug comes back in the house, uh, but she's like, I like Wiley, he's a nice young man, oh. you know. So, oh, oh <laughs> I don't want to, I don't think we can. My god, jeez, yeah, there you go. it was a, it was a time, man. It was always about trying to be able to make uh, get some money, that's for sure. Um. Yeah, because that was a side hustle, and it was your money, by the way, tax free. Yeah, yeah. Shovel people's walk. It was your money. Um, Robbie is telling us officially that Caleb Williams is a bear. What do you think of that? Because you've been writing about that as well on the uh, on the reports. Because now it's official. Caleb is going to declare for the draft, and it looks like the Bears will be looking in that direction. I mean, if they get him, you know, they get him. Um... I just hope you can find uh, an offensive play caller that that's going to be able to, you know, maximize uh, his talents. I also hope that you're going to at least be able to get him a center and a, <laughs> a right guard, possibly a left guard too, uh, to, you know, kind of strengthen that offensive line. Look, it, it, it really didn't, it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is going to be for the bears in 2024 you have to be able to uh, put together an offensive line that's going to be able to protect. Uh, You're going to need another weapon besides DJ Moore uh, for the quarterback to throw to. Uh, I like our running backs. It sure would help if you had a a game breaker, you know, in the the backfield as well. Those are the things that, that, uh, that Ryan Poles has got to be looking after Mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, with this upcoming draft. I mean, I, I say to my, my my post, this is this is a monumental offseason for the Bears. And the decisions that Ryan Pose makes are gonna alter 
this franchise for the next decade. If you decide to keep Justin Fields, cool. Get him the offensive line and weapons that he needs. If you decide to go to Caleb Williams, cool. Get him the offensive line and weapons that he needs to be successful. Uh, either or, I'm, I'm good with. I like Justin Fields. I'm a Justin you know, Fields fan. You know, want to see the kid do well. Hopefully he's in the Bears uniform. But if not, you know, come on, Caleb Williams. Do what you got to do. I just want to see this team win and compete for Super Bowls. You know, I'm tired of looking at Green Bay, you know, decade after decade, continuing to find franchise quarterbacks <laughs> while we continue to sit here and, you know, go through this cycle every two, three, four years of of just mediocrity to just piss poor football. Jimmy Thompson, I've, I've seen this. I've had a dollar for every time I've read this already over the last month or so. I guess we should take Williams, but he seems to have a diva attitude. I don't give a fuck. What quarterback does it? Who gives a what? what it, 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 he has a diva attitude. Well, I want what you know what? Where's my remote? I want watch players because quarterback has a diva attitude. <laughs> I want, good. Day. What? He has uh, a diva uh, attitude. What you can't what, have? What, huh? You can't have an uppity quarterback on your on your team, hood. You can't have these uppity guys. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh. Uh, What's wrong with you, Hood? Come on. Uh, come on, Hood. Ooh, you know. <laughs> That's what that is, yeah. He's, he's too colorful, Hood. Yeah. I mean, God forbid. God forbid. Who cares? Can he play? You know, I mean, uh, all your favorites, by the way, had a deep attitude. You know what had a deep attitude? Michael Jordan had a deep attitude. You know, you know, you know all your favorites have that, that extra something to motivate them. Mm -hmm. Cares about, uh, and and Jimmy, we appreciate you watching, but you're the you're part of, part of the problem here in the Midwest because you gotta love your athletes. You gotta love your athletes. You gotta hug them and squeeze them and say, "I love you so much because you're my guy." Because you know, because just because I got your jersey, I got your autograph. You get, you supposed to love your athletes. You supposed to love the championships. All right, let me uh, love the love the players for the for what they give to you more so than whether that they're huggable or lovable. That's the problem around here. Lou Pinello said it when he first got here. He goes, "The problem around here with you guys is you love your fucking athletes. What about winning? I was from the fucking Yankees. Everyone hated us. <laughs> like, like you know, because you know, those Billy Martin teams, they like they were not likable. Reggie Jackson was the face of the Yankees. You think people like Reggie being that good?" In the 70s and the 80s? No, they did not. It wasn't about whether or not you want to hug those guys. It was about whether or not they could play. That's the whole point. He's got a deep attitude, so I won't watch. Yeah, that that's that's just yeah. When when it, even when they talk about all oh, the, the culture and we want to have you know upstanding uh people within our organization. No, no, can they block? Can they run? Can they catch passes? Can they hit people? If they can I, do those things. They could be out banging chicks every night, two, three times a night. Don't care. It doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. Like it just it. I, you know, and I, I get on on a, a cap about this every morning. It's like he lays out that this person's a good person, they're good in the community, and good in the room. Can he play? Right. Can the person play? Can he help my favorite team get a championship? I don't care. He can have numbers underneath his uniform. I don't care. I, <laughs> it, it don't matter. Uh, like can the guy play or not? This whole thing that we gotta love every athlete because he's good in the community and good in the room does not matter, man. Um, 
Mark says that why don't the Bears sign Belichick as a special advisor and put his contract as coach in waiting? First of all, first of all if you're Eberflus, would you like that? Would you like that? You're you're coming back as head coach. And by the way, Belichick's over your shoulder. Would you like that? He's only the all. Can he's I, only goats. That's all. Can, That's I, can I answer that? Can yeah. I answer the hood? Sure. Yes. He likes whatever Ryan, Ryan Poles tells him to like. He, he likes it. If Ryan Poles says, eat some shit, oh, yeah, I like this. It, it tastes tastes pretty good. This is the best shit I've ever had. He is, he's that guy. You listen to him talking to press conferences. He's, whatever Ryan Poles says, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like this. This is, this is great. This is fantastic. Fantastic. So, yes, oh, he would man. love it. I'm sure Bill. I'm, I'm sure Bill would like to have like a corner office at Hallis Hall, just waiting to be a head coach again. Not not that the Dallas Cowboys would ever want him, Mark. No, no, he not like the Cowboys would want him or the Chargers would want him. Uh, he's only the greatest of all time. That's all. But yeah, no, no, the the Bears could ask, but I'm telling you that that's never going to happen. He could. Right. I find it really interesting, by the way, just briefly, that two best friends left their positions at the same time. Belichick got fired, by the way. I don't know if people know that. I know that it says that it was amicable. He was fired. Belichick was fired in New England. Um, and with Saban, and they're both best friends, and they're both not coaching right now. It's interesting. Uh, it's almost like that was a telephone call. You, If you leave, I'll leave. You going to leave? Okay, I'll leave too. Okay, <laughs> gone. That, that's kind of cool. Um Curtis in uh, in Minnesota says that uh, does does Wiley have the granddad nearby? Are you drinking? Do you have? You uh, know, I got I got the, the Sagamore rye right here. So you know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> DJ, you have a real good inside of our family. <laughs> if, you, if you take our family green, there's gonna be some bottles falling out of it. <laughs> usually brown liquor I, I mean it's amazing it's right there it's that's why he acts this way uh, <laughs> and, and i'm doing this and i'm doing this sober all i have is gummies like I, <laughs> he's doing it sober it's amazing uh, <laughs> uh, yes and curtis says please send him some granddad don't you have that in the liquor stores don't you have that no he's in farmington minnesota I should. Uh, should have some of that. No, no, maybe not. I don't. Maybe I don't think. Maybe not. Maybe not. Minneapolis, yes. You know, did they clear that out after George Floyd? Did he clear out the liquor? Is it still? No. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just asking. Is it? I'm just asking. Did he shut shut down the door? Like he he said he doesn't. He said, no, there is no granddad over there. Yeah. So. And Anthony will uh, will stop us here and says, "Paint your nails. Who cares? Just win." I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Right. And this this whole thing in this mid, what we got to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Put in the room. Take that. Stop, man. I, I don't. I don't care. Can you can you help us win? That's all. That's all that really matters. So there you have it, folks. Another edition of the uh, Under the Hood podcast, um, right here. And uh, so, is uh, where's where's Rocco? Where is is Rocky? Bring Rocco. That's how we close out the show. Oh my God! Sit, 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 sit. Nope. See there, there it is. Now, now watch this, CJ. Now, now, now watch the trick that he does here. Now watch this. Now he he has his hand there and just like ah! Why would he do that? 
would you? Uh, how, could you give, give me your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? I mean, put the, look at it. Hey, I wouldn't do it, but no, you know, that's just that's just me. <laughs> wait, wait just a second. Wait. It's like a circus. It's like a circus trick. Look at that. Why? Rocky, give us your thoughts. What do you think of the Bulls? Rocky, Bulls. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll put up with this every week. All right. Don't forget to check out the – I mean, Peter's going to get you. Peter can come to the south side. Peter's going to get you. I'm just telling you. Uh, the ctjreports.net is where you go to check out our guests. C.J. Taylor, uh, a lot on uh, Dr. King today, on Dr. King Day. King would be so pr proud of you allowing your dog to bite you that way. Uh, uh, and play This is my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the freedom ring. I know that he was nonviolent right. against dogs, too. Nonviolent, nonviolent, even against dogs. I, I, we know that. C.J., we appreciate you stopping by, man. Thank you for being part of our nonsense. Thanks for having me. <laughs> And uh, thank you for checking out. We'll talk to you next week, another edition of the Under the Hood podcast. So long, Rocky. Rocky! Oh, jeez. Don't do the hand thing anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> Don't do the hand again. Don't do that. The, the, the people are going to get you, and then this, you're going to be in trouble. Just telling you. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>